Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here on Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Myself, Graham Jason Matthews, joined as always by the one and only Mr. Marceau RJ. RJ, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? <laughs> doing as well as we possibly could right now, coming off a chaotic weekend of wrestling. Um, and just an even more chaotic week that has since followed from the weekend of wrestling with all the AEW drama. So we'll probably tackle that stuff first, just because there's so much to get to there. We still have developing details. I talked about it for quite a bit on Wednesday's hashtag, but that was before, as I mentioned there, um, before more details came out as far as what the consequences would be, what what happened to the championships that were won by those involved, and everything involving that mess. But we will get to Clash of the Castle. We will talk about All Out. I thought, all things considered, it was a great weekend of wrestling. I forgot to ask you, though, how was the uh, wedding this weekend? It was good. I mean, the, the trip up to upstate New York wasn't the funnest of all time. It took us like... Four and a half hours to get there. The ride back was like more closer to three and a half. So it wasn't horrible, but it was good. It was nice. Just, I mean, normal wedding stuff. Normal wedding stuff. You got back on Sunday, you said, right? Yeah, we went up Friday, stayed over Friday. Wedding was like Saturday afternoon. We got back like midday on Sunday. Oh, okay. Very nice. And were you able to watch all this stuff on Sunday? Because I know you texted me during portions of clash. Did you just read the results on Twitter or how did you uh, process all the shows going on this weekend? So clash, I watched up to Rollins and riddle. Oh, okay. So you watched the chunk of the the show. And then when I got back from the wedding and watched that in the main event, and then I watched World's Collide on Sunday when I got home, and then I watched All Out that night. Oh, okay. Pretty much. So you weren't really behind much at all, aside from the main event from uh, from Clash. So we'll get, like I said, we'll get into those shows momentarily. I do want to start with the AEW stuff because that is the leading story right now in the world of wrestling, and it's going to be for a while. I mean, Punk, AEW, you know, such and such have been trending on Twitter and just on all social media platforms consistently for the last. I was going to say 72 hours, but whatever four days worth of hours have been, and as far as, uh, you know, 72, whatever the math is going to be. But it, it's been crazy since Sunday night is pretty much what I'm saying here. So we're going to get into all of that. Um, but first, though, you can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, uh, Google Podcast, and Pandora, Amazon Music. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. And this is a case, Mr. Marceau, where I'm glad that we, I mean, it, we, yeah, we waited, but we didn't really have much of a choice because this is usually when we record anyway. It's not like we did this pur- purposefully. You, sometimes we record on Wednesdays, but most of the time we record on Thursdays. This is a case where I'm glad we record on Thursdays because if we did it on Monday, we would not have all the details that we currently do coming off the mess that was the post-show media conference from All Out on Sunday from AEW. And no more dancing around it. Let's just get right into it. I mean, we're not going to do a play-by-play of Punk's comments during that presser, but 
In short, you probably heard about it by now, just making an embarrassment of the company with some of his comments. And I've gone on the record and saying a lot of what he said, I mean, I don't work there. I don't know Punk personally. I don't know the elite or whatever. So I can't confirm that all of what he said is true. He might perceive the Bucks and the Elite and Omega and Page to be one way, but they're actually not. I don't know about any of that stuff, but on the surface, a lot of what he talked about, if it is indeed true, was not wrong. It was just really the way that he went about it was the issue, causing everything that, you know, that the shitstorm that followed in the days that followed as far as the championships being stripped. He got injured as well, we learned. We thought it was during the backstage fight, which we'll also get into in a second, but it was actually during the match itself where he regained the AEW title from John Moxley in the main event of the pay-per-view. But like I mentioned, there was a backstage fight upon him getting back to his locker room from the presser between him, the Bucks, Omega, Ace Steel biting a motherfucker, biting Kenny Omega, pulling his hair apparently, chairs being thrown, Punk's dog was there, um, I guess... What's her name? Mega Parker? Mega, Mega Parker or something like that? She's one of the other, um, not co-presidents, but um, I, I forget her name exactly. I apologize. But she's one of the other top officials in AEW. She either witnessed the whole thing or was there nearby when it happened. So if, if her story aligns with the elites, that's that's not good for Punk. And it sounds like all stories are leading towards, or kind of leaning towards the elites as far as what's true and what's not. But before we get into any further details and the exacts on certain things, what's your not just top takeaway, but your reaction to what's going on in AEW behind the scenes at the moment. I mean, I think the pot finally busted. I feel like I, I, I said this when we just got on the phone. I feel like right before everything was fine. And then once Cody had left the company, it started trickling out more and more backstage drama or issues going on backstage. I mean, for the longest time, it was the greatest place to work at. No, everyone loved each other. All friends wrestling. No one had any beef. And then once Cody left, it started trickling out. All the punk stuff came and started coming out with him and the elite. The Sammy and Eddie Kingston stuff came out uh, with Eddie getting suspended as well. And then, I mean, the whole Cole Cabana stuff. I mean, I think it's just funny that's all about Cole Cabana, who was just an underneath job guy that was in another, it was in a job fashion that never did anything. So, I mean, I guess people are friends with, I know I understand they're friends with him, but like, you're not dying on a hill for like Roman Reigns here. I mean, it's just it's just just stupid drama. And I think Punk, since he is who he is, just finally had enough of it. And especially with what Adam Page said on TV, that was like off the cuff. I mean, he did it the wrong way. I I mean, that should have probably been meant for like a shoot in like five years. But I mean, I guess he's just tired of it and had to come out and say and I, I like you said i think a lot of the things he did say was true i feel like it is a divide between more like the indie guys and the xwe guys because i'm assuming ftr is not too pleased that they've been number one contenders for seven months and never got a title shot and seemingly once the bucks got the titles they will drop them to another babyface team just to turn babies to go up the trio title and they should have just lost ftr and put them over so i bet you they're not happy about that but it's seemingly like punk just wanted to get out there like it all started about Cole Cabana and then he just went on an absolute like evisceration of the elite I mean I think he's not wrong but I think the thing that he was wrong with was the public forum and you said this before we even started airing I, I mean I, I don't see a lot of blame on Tony Khan and I, I think he should bear more of the, the blame that, he, that he's getting I mean you're the boss I understand that you, you're friendly with these people and since the company started, he basically been like kissing everyone's ass. But I mean, 
the end of the day, it's a business, and if you have drama like this going on, like you or some other someone else has to nip in the butt. I mean, everyone involved in this are grown men. I mean, CM Punk's well over forty years old. The elite are all late thirties. Like, why are we doing this child high school bullshit backstage? Just cut, nip in the butt or fucking start firing people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, the fact you let it get to this point, I, I, I think he deserves more of a blame, and no one's putting any blame on him. He could have stepped in and told Punk to shut up. He could have stood up and grabbed Punk and pulled him the side and said, hey, it's not the right time, or cut his mic, or bring someone else on, or something. Him standing there with his eyeballs falling out of his head with making faces like like he's entertaining a five-year-old children's birthday party. I mean, <laughs> he just looked like a he just looked like a limp dick pussy. He just sat there, like you gotta be a boss eventually and say do something. Him just sitting there letting it go, like just like added more fuel to the fire. And it just, I just don't understand how he thought sitting there was gonna make any like it made it ten times worse than it could have been. Do you think he's going to take any account? I mean, credit to him if he does, but do you think he takes any accountability of this coming out of it, whether it be on Busted Open? I doubt he tweets about it, but like on one of these interviews, do you think when he comes out and eventually discusses it, which may not be now, it may not be today, tomorrow, next week, because there are legal ramifications involved, do you think he comes out and says, all right, I probably should have stepped in, as opposed to just putting all the blame on Punk and the Elite and, and Paige and whoever else is involved here? I mean, I think I, I think if he, even if he does, he'll come off as a baby face who's acknowledging what he should have done. So, I mean, I think he's smart enough that eventually he'll come out and probably say he probably should have done something different, but it's a little too late now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree, but I mean, I hate to make this a company thing, and, and usually we, we don't, and a lot of people have pointed this out, though, but would you see the same thing happening in, happening in WWE if Vince was still there or if Triple H was there or whatever in this press conference? Do you think one of his talent would go off and, and he would just sit there without <clears throat> without saying a word? Triple H would not sit there. Vince, <clears throat> I don't know. Triple H definitely wouldn't. I don't think either of them would. I, I don't think Vince would let some, one of his talent go off like that without telling him to stop or you know ending it abruptly. I, I don't even think, not to defend the guy, I'm not saying he's a hero. He obviously has a lot of issues, but... You know, Triple H, they had a press conference the day before a clash, and it was very uneventful, but I mean, if something like this happened where one of his talent was going off, as long as it was one of his talent, it wasn't like, you know, a celebrity like Tyson Fury who he has no control over. If it was one of his talent like Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, I would imagine there would be more ramifications, there would be more consequences, and it probably, hopefully, would not have even got that point. I mean, that's also something to be said there as well, and we discussed this before we went live here. I mean, the fact that it even got to that point, I'm not saying the blame is not on Punk, but it really, and not even saying the blame should be divided equally because it really kind of spilled out because of Punk. But don't you think, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, in addressing the drama backstage and what we knew and the reports being reported and whatever, don't you think that Tony Khan should have already squashed this thing going into that press conference, going into the all-out weekend? I mean, the guy just won the fucking world title. Why is Punk even going off about Cabana when no one even asked about it? I mean, Nick Hausman is notorious for asking about the Cabana stuff because he was curious. He told us as such when we met him in uh, Nashville a couple couple months ago because we were congrat- you know, kind of applauding him for asking the hard-hitting questions. And he said as far as the Cabana stuff, he had heard there was some turmoil there and he was trying to get all sides to the story. And I respect that. But he didn't even ask about Cabana and Punk still went off, which he definitely should not have. But as far as what I was saying previously, don't you think this should have already been not just addressed, but... I mean, if you know Punk has issues, and you know how Punk is with how outspoken he is, why the fuck would you put him in front of, like, the media just because he won this 
fake world title? I mean, who cares? He probably should not have been out there anyway. God knows what the Elite would have said if they were brought out later on to respond. Um, I just feel like that was a mistake in not addressing and tackling this issue from the core from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it definitely should have been handled, like you said, differently. But I also feel like, like you said, it wasn't something that was brought up. He just kind of went off. It wasn't like anyone had brought it up, like brought anything related to any of this going on. Someone like, like you said, Nick Hauser was about to answer the question, just ask a question. And then Punk went on an absolute tirade. And, like, I understand it probably should have been nipped before that, but, like, even so, like, even if Tony was like, hey, like, it just feel like it was just so off the cuff, like, just randomly went on went on a rant. Like, I don't even know if Tony said, like, hey, like, let's just not do this, that he just wouldn't have got to that point because it wasn't like anyone stirred him up or asked any hard-hitting questions. He didn't want to even ask the question. He went bananas. Yeah, exactly. That was the whole issue as far as how it started because he didn't even, no one even asked about anything. If you watch the AEW one, their media scrum on the YouTube channel, which I'm pretty sure is still there, the audio was terrible for starters. If you go out and watch, I think it was, uh, I think I watched Denise Salcedo's because she has a pretty clear audio and you can also hear the reporters. You can hear Nick Hausman's response. You can hear Meltzer. You can hear Alvarez, who Punk called out at one point. And, uh, you know, Punk addressed him, Alvarez responded, Punk responded, and that was that was civil. I mean, we if it was really an issue, it could have been more along those lines of what he was like towards the end of the press conference and not what he was like at the beginning when he was going off on X, Y, and Z. Well, I mean, I'm, I wasn't there, but I know people who were there, and if you're Punk sitting out in these in this press conference, this media scrum or whatever, you can see everyone that's there. You take a good look out there. He knows who Izzy is. Izzy is... Definitely no more than 14, 15 years old. I'd be shocked if she was any older than that. If she is, and then I'm getting old. But she's no more than 15, 14, 15 years old. You had another kid there as part of this media, whatever, quote-unquote, um, that they invite in, and he asks, like, a fun question. The kid's probably 8 or 10 years old. I think his name is AJ Awesome or whatever. Punk can clearly see these people in the audience, and he's still going off, fuck this, fuck that guy. I don't. Did he say pussy at any certain point? I don't think he did. I think he just said fuck a lot and airheaded idiot and all this other sort of stuff. But, I mean, it, it's crazy, man. And we're already seeing the ramifications as far as how it's being affected backstage. And let's talk about that, too, backstage, the fight. I mean, as far as that goes, that should not have gotten to the point. I mean, the, the cons he made alone were bad. We, we don't know the exact, you know, what went down backstage during this fight, but we know that chairs were thrown, you know, steel bit a guy. I mean, obviously, Ace Steel's got to go. Before we get to anything else, I mean, that's got to be obvious, right? Yeah, I mean, the first take, I mean, he's expendable. I mean, yeah, I feel like he's got to be fired at this point. He has to be. I mean, like you said, he's expendable. He's a backstage producer. He hasn't been there for very long anyway, but he's definitely gone. But, I mean, what's your take on the whole backstage stuff as far as from what we've heard about the fight and who threw the first punch and the divided stories and all that other sort of stuff? Because it sounds like an absolute mess. I wish this was recorded. That would be incredible, but unfortunately, I don't think it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I just... I, I like the way that the, it's basically being like sword that the the Bucks and Kenny. I mean, it just seems like right when they went to, from what I've seen, I mean, it was more the Bucks story, but regardless, it seemed like they just went in. I don't know if they were mad. Like, obviously, I think they were mad, but it seemed like they're the ones that approached Punk, and then he just went off the hand. Like, from both reports, like, even Ace Steel was like, oh, well, yeah, we started fighting, but like, I think it seemed like more the fact that like, Punk was just so fucking mad that he just started going off. Like, I don't think anything had really. From the reports I've seen, it seems like Punk was the one that started it. And then, 
I don't know, Ace Steel's like, well, they were three on one, so, like, I had to protect them. Like, I mean, no one was actually fighting at that point. I, I don't know what really go down, but, I mean, I've seen reports Punk through the first punch. I've seen reports that Matt Jackson threw the front, first punch. I know Nick Jax got hit in the with the in a hit in the head with a chair. <laughs> yeah. Got knocked out or got a black eye, whatever. I mean, that can't be good. And then throw all the reports saying that he still bit and pulled Kenny Omega's hair. <laughs> but um, how does that yeah, even happen? Because the guy looks like a maniac. That's why. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I mean, regardless, I just if I'm if I was thinking, I feel like Punk was the one that like he was just so fucking mad. When they came in, he was just like, fuck this, and just went off. Like, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't see Matt Jackson being the first one to throw a punch. I'm sorry. The guy's like five foot eight and 150 pounds. I, just, I, I don't see him the fighting type. So I think, if anything, Punk probably threw the first punch, and then maybe Nick would try to get involved, and that's when he got hit in the head with a chair. I, I really don't know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely believe that Punk threw the first punch, and he absolutely should not have. So if that's where all the consequences stem from, in addition to what he said, then. I mean, definitely well-deserved in that case. But let's talk about that. We found that on Dynamite at the start of the show on Wednesday. The World Championship has been vacated, and the World Trios Championships have been vacated as well, which they just created and gave to the first-ever champs, the Elite, on Sunday. Now, their names were not mentioned. No other update was given. He wasn't going to address the fight and whatever. I mean, again, legal stuff, I get it. But to not even mention their names, like, I mean, Punk may not be back for all we know. But I just thought the way they acknowledged it on TV and... You know, I retweeted the comment that said, if you're a casual viewer, imagine tuning in and hearing that, thinking, I mean, what the hell's even going on? The, the question then becomes, are, is there even such thing as a casual AEW viewer? I mean, as Punk said to themselves, they have a very niche audience. We talk about it all the time here on the show. And I love AEW, but you got to address it for what it is. They have a very niche audience that they really haven't overly grown in the last couple of years, regardless of all the people they brought in that have been positives to the product. Punk, Danielson, Cole, people like that have all been positives. But the ratings still probably are not where they should be, you know, consistently. They're over a million each week. I'm sure the rating this week will be good. But, you know, they didn't address the backstage incident, the fact that any of these members involved will be suspended. None of that has been said as of right now. All we know is that the championships have been vacated and that Punk was hurt anyway. So even if he wasn't suspended, he would probably still have to give up the championship. So um, your thoughts on where we go from here as far as the people involved and the consequences they may face. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably left more questions. Like you said, for the casual person, they probably were like, what the hell is going on? Uh, like you said, I, I, I don't know how many casual viewers there really are of AEW. I, just, I feel like like Punk, like Punk, we've said this for a while too, and Punk said it too, like they have a very niche audience. It's just, it is, they're like the Ring of Honor, like just wrestling crowd. Like it just, they're pretty dedicated, they're very dedicated, which I can give them a lot of credit on. Um, but they just don't really have that many casual fans. So everyone, obviously, most people watching knew what the hell was going on. Um, I mean, trios titles, I just, now that they're not on the elite, I, I, I doubt they'll be on the show at all. I mean, I, I like the death triangle, but whatever. And then the, the the world championship, I mean, realistically, if they really want, they could have said Punk had got hurt. Like, they don't have to acknowledge the fight, but, like, it's being acknowledged and reported that he got hurt. So it's like, oh... Punk got injured in the match for Shama, so he's gonna have to vacate the belt. And like I said, and then obviously if other things come out, then yeah, like oh, also there's like whatever. But like they should have at least acknowledged that he was hurt, because like you said, even if there wasn't a fight, he would have to get rid of the belt. Because I saw Meltzer said he was gonna be out for like eight months with a, with an injury. So I mean, 
they should have at least not acknowledged the injury, and they could have just played off that. Like, like I said, even if a casual fan's like, oh, CM Punk got hurt. Oh, okay, whatever. But then the whole tournament, I mean, you said this on text last night, and I couldn't agree. There's a tournament every week. I just don't care. The no. whole thing could have been set up perfectly to MJF versus Moxley at Grand Slam. Yeah, I don't really see the need in dragging this out. I know the tournament culminates at Grand Slam, probably with Moxley versus Danielson in a rematch from Revolution. Um, Danielson advanced last night. It's Darby Allen and Sammy on Friday for the fourth time. I could honestly give two shits. I mean, they have great chemistry, but Darby Allen has meant honestly, honestly, really nothing all year. He, he has meant jack shit all year. He won a six-man on Sunday. Awesome. He won a six-man at Forbidden Door. Cool. He won a six-man at Revolution. Cool. When is he going to win something of note? And I'm sure he's going to win Friday against the guy who means even less. I mean, oh my God, the amount of people that had responded to my tweet about Sammy being in that tournament over someone like a Powerhouse Hobbs. Oh, Powerhouse Hobbs isn't a champion. No shit, he wouldn't be in it. No fucking shit I can read. No shit. But I had to offer a correction in, in the thread on that tweet saying, listen, I understand that Hobbs is not a champion. I get it. It's for all champions. What I'm trying to say is, is that I know this is a tournament for all champions, which... By the way, it's a stretch, because they were like, oh, they're all former champions. Danielson has never won a single championship in this company. Okay, so what's the criteria? That he won titles in WWE and Ring of Honor? Okay, then that opens it up to the entire roster at that point. And also, Miro. Why is Sammy in there over Miro? Miro, to me, is more relevant than fucking Sammy Guevara, who's won half of AAA mixed tag team titles. I mean, absolutely nothing. I mean, the fact that he's even in there. Oh, but you can't have him lose. Okay, yeah, it makes sense from a booking standpoint, but then why... I don't know, dude. I just think the whole thing is dumb. You, you abs- none, none of this shit like... Listen, I'm the first one to agree. Oh, you don't want to have this person in there. You don't want to have them lose. Dude, I'm sorry. You could easily, easily, easily have Powerhouse Hobbs in there and just have him lose by count out. That's it. Why is Sammy even fucking in there? Oh, because you could take the loss? That devalues the entire tournament. That's like when WWE does number one contenders matches, like we saw on Monday's Raw, and I know why they did it, because they had Braun Strowman come back, which we'll talk about later. But why the fuck is, like, the New Day in the match when the Viking Raiders... I'm talking logically here. The New Day are in the match for what reason? They lost the Viking Raiders last week on SmackDown. Yeah, from a booking standpoint, they were in there to get beat up by Braun Strowman. But if we're booking, like, logically, then why would they even be in there? And I ask myself these questions a lot with both companies, but a lot lately with AEW as far as why are they doing that? And that was one of those cases. Why the fuck is he even in there? I think the entire tournament, I'm sorry. Oh, Danielson and Pedro's a good match. I don't give a shit. They have good wrestling every single week. I'm done with the... I, I feel like the bar has been raised to the point where I don't give a fuck about the show having good matches. I think that's great. It makes the show more enjoyable. I want more stories. Last night's show felt like a reset show to me as far as we need to go from... We need to start from the bottom, work our way to the top as far as, you know, we're starting from scratch. These people were suspended. These titles are vacant. Go out there and just make the best of a bad situation, which I'll get to in a second. But I don't know, man. The whole tournament was a joke because if we're still headed to MJF and Moxley, are you telling me, Mr. Marceau, they're going to have Moxley win the whole thing, which I'm not saying he shouldn't. I mean, the guy's a prime employee for the most part. We talked about this before. Aside from the GCW crap, um, I think he's a great representation for this company because he doesn't talk shit. He's always on time. He took himself off the road last year when he had an issue, which I thought was very commendable. But you're going to give him the championship for a third time only to have him lose it to MJF at what? Full gear? I mean, honestly, at this point, just give MJF the title. I know it kind of takes away from the whole title win, but if he's if he's the number one contender, and again, I also tweeted this, and people have no reading comprehension skills. They were like, oh, he's he has a title shot. Why would he be in the tournament? 
I'm, what I'm asking is, why would he even be? Why would why would he not even be automatically in the finals, or why would he not be automatically given the championship if he won the number one contendership on Sunday? I mean, a lot of questions there, Mister Marceau, but none of this really makes a lot of sense to me. No, I completely agree. I think the whole tournament itself is dumb. Um, like I said, MGF won the belt, won the title chip, or whatever they want to call it. That should just put him in the finals. If anything, he should just automatically be in the finals. They could do him and Moxley, and he beats Moxley at Grand Slam. I just, I, I or they could have just done him and Moxley at Grand Slam just straight up. I mean, you didn't need to do a tournament. I mean, I feel like they do these tournaments honestly, like to like make buzz on the show, like oh, it's a tournament match. Like, who cares? Like we know where it's going. It's going to be Moxley at the end. It has to be. And then he's going to lose the belt to MJF when they should just do him and MJF at Grand Slam. And Sammy Guevara being in it, I don't care. It's former champions. So like you said, Brian's never won a belt in AEW. So at that point, we're just saying former champions. I bet I could have won a championship in my local fucking promotion. Can I be in the tournament? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like the whole, oh, everyone's a champion makes it more special. But we've seen all these people like wrestle all the time. And Sammy Guevara is, like you said, so irrelevant right now. This, like, why is a Warlow in it? Warlow's champion right now. No, but he's going to yell at the crowd that don't be coming back on my train when I start winning. Yeah, you're on TV every week being job guys. No one cares. Yeah, I no, feel yeah. bad for Warlow, but, like, his promo after his match, like, made no sense. Like, people are doubting me and want me to be booked better. Well, yeah, no shit. No one wants you to fucking beat Tony Nese and Mark Sterling every week. Who gives a fuck? Oh, no, 100%. No, I like the fact that he addressed it, but, I mean, it's not the fans' fault. I mean, it, it, with, with the wrestlers and with the companies, it's always the fans' fault, and sometimes it is. I mean, there's a lot of dumb fans out there, but in this case, it's it's the booking. I mean, he should be in there. I, I mean, honestly, I would have rather seen... I know you can't... It, it's hard to do with MGF waiting in the balance, and you're going to give him the championship ultimately anyway. I understand that. The way this all played out was just a fucking mess. But I would have rather seen... Yeah, okay, former champions, that makes him more special. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, but the thing is, I would have rather seen is do a fresh face tournament, a breakout tournament like we see in NXT, like we've seen, I've seen in Ring of Honor before. They call it the top prospect tournament. Do something like that with people who have never won a world championship in this company. I don't care about Sammy Guevara, but you could put Darby Allen in there. But I want people that we have not seen featured consistently on the show for three years now. Sammy, Darby, those guys have been here since day one. God bless Brian Danielson, but I'm talking, I want more of Hobbs. I want Ricky Starks. That should have been a first-round match. Where is Mira? Why isn't Wardlow in there? I mean, you could even put Jungle Boy in there. People like, I mean, he's one of those people that's been there for a long time, too, but I want the fresher faces, dude. Where are the people that we're not really seeing a lot of? Even Claudio, I mean, he's been in w, he was in WWE for a decade, but at least he's a guy that we really haven't seen a lot of in AEW, he's a is he not a world champion? I mean, they don't want to have him losing the bracket, I guess. But I mean, I I don't know. That's just the whole idea of a tournament to me makes no sense because, like you said, we see tournaments every fucking week. They just wrapped up a tournament at all out for the trios titles. We had the TBS title tournament earlier this year. They did an All Atlantic Championship tournament heading into Forbidden Door. They did two tournaments. I was going to say, heading into Double or Nothing, not one, but two tournaments simultaneously for the Owen Hart Cups that we have not seen since. That was a complete waste of time other than just promoting the Owen Hart Foundation, which was great, but winning those things, I mean, Cole's not even on the show. Why would you have Cole turn on the Bucks logically if he's not going to be on the show since then? Where the fuck is he? Man, man, I, I don't know what's going on over there right now. I mean, I just feel like Tony Khan, I'm still at that point where I don't completely... That goodwill is still there to an extent, but to me, it's hanging on by a thread. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's starting to... The thread's being nice. I just... 
the decisions lately have just been mind-boggling and it just i feel like the product is starting to suffer a little bit i mean hopefully they can gain it right back but with all the shit going on punks will be out again i mean punks are their biggest draw at this point i mean i think that's what the hardest thing with this whole situation is like it's so hard to punish him like you need to obviously he's hurt as well but like he is the draw like when him and mjf were gone and brian was out like to me the shows are pretty hard to get through because we're getting like war lovers like the people that I like to watch, besides them big stars, more of those fighting 20 fake security guards. Fucking Brian Danielson's fucking tapping out to Daniel Garcia. Like, it's just stupid bull. FTR's never on the fucking show. Like, just when those other big guys aren't there, they're not even building the other people up, that other top stars. They just go back to the JAS crap, and we get all this other foolishness. So, I mean, I'm not even a big big fan of punk but i feel like when he's on the show it makes it a lot more palatable especially man. no definitely and it's one of those cases too where just they're, they're, without punk i'm not saying they should keep punk on the show he was hurt anyway but even if he wasn't hurt you can't just have him be back on the show i mean i'm not saying that but i mean he was carrying the company for a good part of 2021 as was mjf i mean no one else really comes close as being the best parts on the show um, on the entire roster, and they have a great roster, but it really feels like now more than ever, they're really just relying on good wrestling to carry things through. The best storyline they have going is the MJF stuff, and that was interrupted by Punk, you know, having ha- what happened to him, what happened to him, and also the injury too, so that was interrupted, but at this point, I think we're almost, what, four years into AEW? You can no longer coast on just good wrestling. And I think it's cool that we're getting Claudio and Dax on Friday on Rampage with the Ring of Honor title. Very fucking random. Makes no sense, really. But, I mean, it should be a good match. But I feel like we say that every week, Mr. Marceau. I feel like it's, oh, great match. Okay, what's the story here? There is no story. I mean, look at half of the matches on Sunday's All Out Pay-Per-View. A lot of them were rushed. And one of the matches with no story, they added the story with the acclaimed and swerve in our glory, which I thought was great. I thought that was the best match in the whole show that we'll get to in a minute. But there's no real stories in WWE for a long time. And even now, they even suffer with creating stories. I'm not saying the product is automatically amazing, 10 times better in WWE, but I think all companies, specifically AEW, need to stop coasting on the good matches and start giving me reasons to tune in weekly. The MJF stuff is giving me a reason to tune in. The MJF and Punk stuff at the beginning of the year was must television every single week. Okay, what other stories do we really have now? Jade Cargill's been undefeated for two years and she's wiped out the entire division. That's not a compelling story to me. That Jericho and Danielson fighting for Garcia's love, I guess, but I don't know. The Jericho Appreciation Society stuff sucks. Um, what other stories do we really have? I like the Jungle Boy and Christian stuff. I think that's been going well. The women's division almost has no stories at all. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, we're at a point now. Wardlow has had no direction for months. We need more stories. I feel like they're just kind of coasting off the matches. And the only stories I feel like Tony Khan at this point is capable of creating is, oh, I want this person in my faction. I mean, dude, I almost, I, I hate to keep going back to this, but I almost changed the channel when Andrade tried to scout 10 from the Dark Order. Who could possibly give a fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you said, at this point, I feel like that's the only storyline that he's been making is, I want you to be in my faction. And then they fight over it, and then the guy joins or he doesn't join. Even the Daniel Garcia yeah. grinding, like that thing, that's basically like, is he going to stay in JS? Is he going to go to Blackpool Combat Club? Like, at this point, who gives a fuck? I mean, it is what it is. Like you said, the whole women's division has no storylines. Jane Cargill's literally beating everybody. Like, okay, so now what? Even Tony Storm, I feel like she's beating a lot of the women, too. So it's like, now she's champion. What do you do? I mean... 
seemingly you'll probably get Britt and Jamie Hayter, but then you don't have any feuds for your big two women's titles. So I don't know what that really stands for, but Wardlow's been directionless forever. The swerve and our glory stuff, I mean, I guess there's a small story there, but I'm like, because the guy interrupted his rap, we're just going to get another rematch? Like, come on, it's kind of lame. No, they, then, already, they already announced the rematch even before that happened. Oh, I didn't see that. And then, like, the whole MJF stuff's nice, but, like, now that Punk's gone, it just kind of, like, threw a wrench and all that. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I saw that Christian Cage is still hurt, and that's why the match on Sunday was, like, a two-second squash. I, I guess we'll get Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm assuming before I, – I would I would assume that we get Jungle Boy and Christian probably close to full gear. But even that, like, I feel like that was pretty – it's been pretty, like – it's been dragging on a little bit. Like, Jungle Boy calling him a pussy and shit, like, dude – Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've liked Stop. the feud. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that. That's one of the better things I've actually enjoyed about the show. I enjoyed Starks and Hobbs, although they had a five-minute match on Sunday. That was a little disappointing. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the women's division still needs a lot of work. Tony wins her first title in AEW, albeit an interim title, which I, I hate the interim stuff when it's done to death, which it has been in this company. Um, but we didn't even – I don't think we heard from her at all. I think she just went out there and faced Penelope Ford, who we haven't seen on – the show all year and it wasn't very good and, and that was it and that was the only women's segment of the whole show aside from that Brit and Jamie segment that was like 15 seconds long so I don't know I listen I love the acclaimed I want them to win the titles at Grand Slam I do I think they should have won them at All Out they want to wait until they're in New York that's where they're from alright cool but Swerve brought this up during that press conference he asked why Tony Khan goes oh I think it'd be great if we did a rematch in New York no better place Swerve literally looked at him and I'm glad he had the balls to say this he goes why we beat them like, logically, yeah, they had a valiant performance. and None of that bullshit. Why are they actually earning a title shot? Why don't they just do a number one contenders match where they win and earn another opportunity? They did nothing to deserve it. They lost clean. It would be cool if they won in the hometown. It is, which it is. I agree. But at least it doesn't, it doesn't take much to just have them in there, maybe not with FTR, because I don't want FTR losing to them, but... Another team or do a four-way or something, dude. At least attempt to explain why. WWE does this a lot, too. I'm not excusing them, but I just don't. Okay, they're going to get a rematch because for what? They didn't. There's, the feud didn't even. They announced the rematch out of nowhere. It's not even like the feud continued. They continued the feud, but after they already announced the rematch. It makes no sense. So, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. The product needs a lot of help. But we'll talk about this quickly while we're on the AEW front. Um, all out. People probably forgetting about that. We had a pay-per-view on Sunday. MJF came back, by the way. Not that anyone's really talking about that. And th- These reports, by the way, oh, there's sympathy on MJF for getting overshadowed. Listen, I-, I love MJF. I thought he was the best part of Dynamite last night, along with Moxley's promo. I personally have absolutely no sympathy for this guy whatsoever. This whole overshadowed shit, yeah, he is being overshadowed, but the shit surrounding him... And the bullshit that he was up to over Double or Nothing Weekend where he said he was going to walk out and not be there, which was a shoot. Wardlow confirmed that, among other people. Overshadowed Wardlow's big moment. We talked about that. The match sucked. No one really cares about him at this point, Wardlow. I mean, the guy's over, but he's done nothing for months. So, I mean, I don't know if you disagree agree, but I feel like MJF, all the sympathies on him for what happened. I, 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 have, I feel like it's karma for what happened over Double or Nothing Weekend. Although I still love that he's back, though. No, I love that MJF's back, but don't give me this, like, poor me fucking shit. That's just such a millennial. And that's true. That's such a millennial, like, oh, poor me, when you literally ruined Wardlow's moment. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that's just, like, karma at this point. Like, I like that he's back, but don't go crying that your moment got ruined because of Punk. You literally did the same thing to Wardlow. 
and you're at least established. Wardlow was starting to get established, and you ran, and you shit on his parade, so don't give me that crap. Yeah, no, I agree, but like I said, I'm glad he's back. I thought the return was well done. I do not like, or did not like, from Dynamite or All Out, the debut of a new faction, and listen, I like Stokely Hathaway, I do, but there was no explanation as to why he wasn't with Jade. He wasn't, uh, Jade wasn't with him last night. He was with all the people that he gave cards to, <clears throat> including W. Morrissey, which I guess MGF has a history with both of them, which, okay, I get, but what about Lee Moriarty? What about Ethan Page, the Gun Club? I mean, these are all losers. I mean, these are like bottom of the barrel, dark main event. I mean, listen, I just, if I'm Ethan Page, I look myself in the mirror and think to myself, in the year and a half I've been in this company, the only thing I have done has been in tag teams and been in factions. And I have accomplished absolutely nothing aside from maybe winning two matches on Dynamite Television on my own. At that point, I have to think, unless he's just content getting a paycheck from one of the other bigger companies, and maybe WWE just doesn't want him. I've never been a big Ethan Page fan to begin with. I think the guy's good, but we talk about him a lot here on the show. The guy just goes from faction to faction. We have yet another faction, Mr. Marceau, on AEW TV. And the gun club, give me a break. They're just, they're abysmal. I mean, this this new group, Stokely, I love Stokely, but having him do another group with these bums does not intrigue me at all. Please keep them as far away from MJF as possible. And they also did not explain why they helped MJF. Maybe they got paid off by him. I don't know, but they never bothered to explain it on Sunday or on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean... That whole ending to that casino ladder match was fucking terrible. I mean, I liked MJF that the fact the fact that he won, but like Hathaway grabbing it and then just handing it to him was just lazy and dumb. The group's just a bunch of job guys. I mean, I like the Gun Club, but them in this group, I just don't care at all. Lee Moriarty's a loser. W. Morrissey, I mean, I don't see him going any too far. And like I said, the other page. I mean, maybe like you said, he's happy grabbing a check from a big company, but. He's literally just been another guy in another tag team or faction since he's joined the company. And I just don't see these guys getting... They're just going to be another faction. They're just going to be another faction. And they're never going to win anything. And no one's going to care because they're presented as underneath job guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the AEW diehards are going to care because they love the faction shit. But we have all these factions already. They mean nothing. This group is just... There's no chemistry among all of them. There's just They're just random additions to a random group because they weren't doing anything. Dan Lambert disappeared pretty quick. We haven't seen Scorpio, I think. I don't think since he got squashed for the TNT title. What's he's been up to? Sitting up on the balcony. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, on the topic of All Out, were there any other matches that stood out to you? I mean, I, I like Punk and Moxley in the main event. I thought the tag team title match, as I mentioned, with uh, the acclaimed and Swerving Glory was great. I even liked the Elite and Dark Order match, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I enjoyed that match. Um, I like. I honestly did not mind what they did with Christian and Jungle Boy. I mean, like you said, with Christian, he's probably hurt. You mentioned I haven't seen that, but if that's true, regardless of whether it's true or not, I liked what they did to prolong the feud and give Christian a win. I thought that was great, and they gave you know Jack Perry, as they're calling him now, which I like, an out for losing. Um, Hobbs and Starks was five minutes of nothing. That was kind of disappointing. Jade and Athena was disappointing. Um, the opening match was a total spot fest that meant nothing because they got you know tossed out of the ring anyway. The six man with Wardlow, FTR, Lethal, and Machine Guns was good. Not great like I thought it would be, but it was good. Uh, the women's four-way was good. No one, they sat on their hands for it, but it was fine. Uh, Jericho and Danielson was good. Hate that Jericho won, but Danielson gets his win back next week. The six man with Alan Sting and Miro beating House of Black was uh, 
Good too. I don't like that Malachi lost, but he already uh, apparently got his conditional release from AEW, so that's also newsworthy. So you could talk about that, but um, any other thoughts in All Out as far as what stood out to you, what, what you didn't like, what you loved, and whatnot? No, I think you hit it off pretty well. I think everything that you liked, I pretty much liked. And I mean, besides the six man stuff, all the six man stuff, I feel like maybe the lethal motorcycle machine guns, FTR, and more of those more palatable for my liking. The elite dark order crap, I mean. I don't know. You get me started about that. I just, I just can't. I just, that just does nothing for me. But I mean, the House of Black, that match was fine. I mean, Malachi clearly, I guess, got his release. I mean, so I mean, I saw mental health things going on. I also felt like he was not happy with this direction of the group, which I mean, I can't blame the guy. I mean, they've been like, they've been booked like crap since he's gotten there. So I think it's maybe a little mixture of both, but hopefully, depending on how everything's going, he can. Maybe get back in the ring. I think he's a great talent. I mean, before he just seemingly got fired by Vince, I mean, when Paul Heyman was in charge of Raw, like, he was one of the focal points. So maybe there is something. I mean, his wife still works for WWE, so maybe it's one of those things that maybe he'll come back at some point. Obviously, I want him to get his mental health figured out first. Don't want him to rush back into it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably might be one of the first people to leave and then go back to WWE. So we'll, we'll see, but... I just think the whole House of Black stuff, like, they took so long to give the Julia Hart turn that no one cared about anyways. And then the whole group's just been just there. They're just there. They'll be there a couple weeks, and they're gone, and then they're back, they're gone. I just don't care at this point. So I thought the show itself was pretty good. Obviously, the, the press conference overshadowed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was good. And then I just feel like with all the strippings and – injuries and all that stuff. I mean, I saw Ruby Soho got dropped on her head and she's going to be out now. I mean, yeah, the reckless fuck. I mean, I don't know how you just do that. I mean, I know Ty Connie kicked her head off, but I mean, also just dropping on her head. I mean, come on. I mean, that's fucking, that's like, that's like a wrestling school band. Like you just can't just drop someone on their head like that. I just, yeah. I don't know. That's not like that. Just gets me mad. Like that's just so reckless and you just don't care. Like, I don't know. That really pissed me off when I saw that. But, I mean, her AEW career has been just a, a joke since it started. So, I wouldn't be surprised if she's asking for a release soon just because she's literally lost to everyone. And, I mean, they're not going to build her up to just all of a sudden be this world beater. So, No. I think her the writing's on the wall for her. She's lost whenever it's mattered most, multiple times on pay-per-view. N- no shock there if she loses, uh, if she ends up leaving at some point. I'm not sure how long these people sign for. I mean, going forward, I'm not really sure why anyone would want to sign a five-year deal with any company. I don't care how great they seem. That just seems incredibly fucking dumb to me. If they're not willing to sign you for three years, I that just seems like a red flag. I would say the same thing with WWE. I just feel like that's really dumb because we're only a year into Malachi Black's run. And we're at a point now, yeah, he got his release, but it was a conditional release. I think under the terms that he can't go to WWE. So... I mean, I'm not saying he asked for his release because he's not happy there. Clearly, he has other stuff going on that he needs to, uh, that he wants to deal with right now, which I think is good. But, you know, I, I would rather see him back in WWE, try his hand there. It feels like Triple H was one of the only people to actually book him properly. Vince didn't see a lot in him at all. Tony Khan saw a little bit more in him. He was, he was given a lot of creative freedom. But, I mean, he hasn't done jack shit since he lost to Cody a year ago. You could say the same thing for Keith, Andrade. I mean, these are people that have done fine, but aren't really where they should be considering how long they've already been there. So, I don't know. I was surprised that... I like Death Triangle. I was surprised that they won the trio's titles. 
I mean, we talk about it all the time, Mr. Marceau. We talked about it when we talked about the tournament when it first started, the trios tournament. I mean, listen, I know neither of us are the biggest Best Friends fan. I was a much bigger fan than you were, but this is a team that's been there for three years. They've done absolutely nothing. Any one of those members in that group has won jack shit in the last three years. Even Orange Cassidy hasn't won anything. And I'm not saying he should be TNT champion, but honestly, him as trios champion would be perfect. Well, that would make perfect sense to me. And they just gave it to a group where the Lucha Bros have already been tag team champion, and Pac is already the Atlantic champion. I felt like that was the wrong call to me, personally. Yeah, I mean, I don't care for the best friends in Orange Cassidy. I mean, I, if you're ever going to put the belts on them, I feel like that was the perfect moment just to do it. I mean, I know their fans love them. I mean, I'm not a big fan of them. Even, like, the Death Trial, like, yeah, Pac's the All-Atlantic champion, but when he beat, like, Kip Sabian, like, on Rampage, like, no one cares. Like, I don't know. I feel like if they wanted some legitimacy behind it, I, I could see why they put on uh, the Lucha Bros and Pac just because they are more established. But, I mean, if you were going to ever put it on Orange Cassidy and the best friends, this is the perfect moment to do it, and clearly they didn't. No, I feel like they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be forever the bridesmaid and never the bride as far as winning the titles, which, I mean, I'm not saying it's the biggest misfire ever, but it is a little... It's, it's interesting because they've been there since literally day one and they just haven't won anything. And they were really popular a couple of years ago and just Tony Khan was like, nah, nah, I don't really care, never mind. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, enough with the AEW stuff. Let's talk about WWE here to close it out. Clash of the Castle was a great show, I thought. Capped off by an awesome main event between Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. Shock of the century, Roman Reigns retained still undisputed WWE Universal Champion with the help of Solo Sokoa. And... I said this on Twitter, but the only way... And I wanted Roman to retain. I was happy with Drew winning because the guy earned... He, he deserves that moment. But the only way Roman was going to win that made sense was if something like this happened. Roman winning clean would have been dumb. That would have been stupid because Drew would have looked like a loser. If he cheated... I mean, he technically did. But if he, like, hit him with a low blow or whatever, that would have been dumb. If the Usos or Sami Zayn came out, that would have been dumb. It made the debut of Solo Sokoa feel special. It made sense. It told the story that Drew still cannot beat Roman without there being any interference on Roman's end and whatever, and all that other sort of stuff. And it prolongs the reign of Roman Reigns, hopefully up until Cody Rhodes comes back. If they're just keeping the belt on Roman to lose it to fucking Braun Strowman or someone, I mean, I don't know what, I would be livid. But um, let's start with that and work our way down here. I thought that was a great match, one of my favorites all year between Roman and Drew. Hot crowd in Cardiff. And I really like the execution of the finish. I'm definitely the minority. A lot of people are pissed. I get it. But I'm actually with, with uh, I'm, I'm fine with Roman holding on to the belt for a little longer if it means him dropping it to Cody Rhodes, ideally at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I thought this was a great match. Like I said, hot-ass crowd in Cardiff. I mean, when you starve these people 30 years of a big show, you're going to get a hot crowd. and They were hot all night. But uh, I thought this was a great match. I thought it was a big, hard-hindering affair. I mean, crowd was definitely behind Drew, and... I didn't hate the finish. I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of starting to get like they're tired of Roman as being champion. I see tired in like quotations, but I mean, he still has so many people he can still feud with. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like all these people are like, oh, he's been champion for two years and he still has like plenty of opponents to f face. And like you said, I think if he holds a belt and loses to someone that like, I don't know, I'm, I doubt Braun's going to win the belt, but like someone that anyone besides, to me, anyone besides Cody would be kind of be like, eh. I mean, I feel like the way that Cody brought in the story was that, like, he was going to win the belt, and, like, if anyone's going to beat Roman, it probably should be Cody at this point. I mean, 
anyone else like if theory cashed in on him i feel people would even be more i feel like people would be even more pissed if, if theory oh, yeah. cashed in on him oh yeah i mean i i wouldn't totally hate that but um i mean i'm a i'm a austin theory mark so there's a difference there but uh i mean sakoa coming out like it was perfect like like you said low blow would have been dumb or if you just beat him clean would have been dumb but like introducing a new member of the bloodline just amazing and i mean we we knew eventually it was going to happen but the way that it came off and it just was it was perfect there's a way it needed to happen now we'll get some stuff for tomorrow night i think we'll start getting more seeds planted for the sammy owens Uso is going on because hey sammy wasn't in the graphic with the bigger bloodline he was all upset on twitter i saw that so <laughs> i mean it was perfect it was what it needs to be and i feel like you said on Twitter, I feel like once Roman's gone away or Roman's gone, I feel like you really could center the group of the bloodline around Sokoa. Like, he could be the guy, and then you have the Usos, like, as his lackeys or or as his, like, backup just because he is bigger than them and he would be the single star. Yeah, I feel like there's a longer story you can tell there with him and not one that needs to be told soon. I don't think Solo should beat Roman Reigns. You know, someone suggested that. I don't think he's ready for that, and I don't think he will be by WrestleMania. Um, but you know, there's a longer story you can tell there where after Roman loses at WrestleMania, like you said, you, Roman's off the show is part-time anyway. He's not going to be a WrestleMania backlash. I don't think this year, although he was last year, but that was before the you know schedule change for him and whatever, before his, uh, you know, uh, the appearances he, uh, that he makes changed. But, um, Roman can leave. Solo Sokoa can take over in his absence. Roman comes back. They attempt to coexist. Solo turns on him. I mean, I think there's a much longer story you can tell there where you can do Roman and Solo at WrestleMania 40 and put Solo over massively big, I would think, but that's just do you me. Think he gets a name, do you think he gets a name change? Solo Sokoa? Yes. Um, I don't... Are you saying that because just WWE changes names or because he's not Solo anymore? I just feel like now that he's with the Usos, I feel like they could tell the story. Like, now that they've acknowledged he's the Usos' brother, wouldn't it make sense to have the same name as them? At least the last name, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. I mean, if it was Yeah, no, that that could work. I could see I could see what you mean. I wouldn't be upset at that. I just feel like they've built up equity. I know it's NXT and no one really watches NXT at this point, but you know, they've built up equity in the whole solo Sokoa thing. I think it would make him stand out more too if he just stays solo Sokoa as opposed to Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, and then you got Jack yeah, Uso. That. What'd you say? I get that. You know, so he's like Jack Uso, and, <laughs> and then he's just the third Uso. I mean, he is the third Uso, but I do want him to stand out a little bit. So, you know, you're not wrong, though. I, would, I wouldn't mind that. I didn't even really think about that. But, um, you know, they're letting people keep their names now. I know Gallus is keeping their names now in NXT, so um, maybe they're not going to be changing that as much. Hey, any if anything, they're actually giving people their names back. We got Matt Riddle back we talked about last week. We got Austin Theory back and Tomas Champa all in the matter of a week. Yeah, I know. That's great. I love it. Yeah, name. Uh, I never thought I would be happy to see a first name back, but I think in the cases of those men, it works. But um, no, I think that works well. I said this on Twitter, but I'll pose it to you here. Braun Breaker, I mean, you mentioned anyone but Cody would not make sense, and I, I agree, I want it to be Cody. But I can't shake the feeling there's a possibility they could fast-track Braun to the main roster. And I mean, I know people are tweeting me saying maybe WrestleMania 40, and I agree with that. But I, first of all, I don't know if I would keep the belt on Roman for another year and a half. I'm sorry. I mean, that just seems like a mistake. If Roman's not going to be full-time, that sounds disastrous. So I wouldn't do that. I can, I can stomach another six months. A year and a half, I don't know. That being said... Um, what about Braun Breaker? Do you think that we want Cody, but we might ultimately get Braun Breaker? I mean, anything's possible. I wouldn't hate Breaker. I like Breaker a lot. 
I kind of understand where people are coming from. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the whole he's not ready thing, like, I feel like you could say it with anybody. Like, I don't know. I feel like he could get fast-tracked. I mean, I think he's going to be coming to Ron Smithon sooner rather than later. I mean, I feel like he's pretty much done everything he needs to do. So, we'll see. But I, I would I would have Cody be the one. The way that they have the story, I feel like Cody should be the one to beat Roman, but... Now, well, not just that. I know people have said, oh, maybe they could split the titles and Cody can win the WWE title from Seth. I, I don't know, man. I really feel like it should be Cody beating Roman. I feel like he's believable enough, too. And they've also never had a match, and you could tell the story. He's an outsider. He came from another company, blah, blah, blah. I just feel like it would make the most sense to have it be Cody. And as opposed to having, like, Braun or someone like that beat Roman and, and having Cody beat Seth, we already saw Cody and Seth three times, and Cody already beat Seth. Like I said, three times. So having Cody beat Seth to me doesn't mean as much as it would be him beating Roman. I agree. So we'll see where they go with that. Um, but no, I thought Clash of the Castle was a good show. Thoughts on Gunther and Sheamus? I know you're not a big you slap me, I slap you type guy, but did you like that match or not so much? No, that's more believable slap me, slap you. When they're just standing in the ring like chest out and neither guy are selling it and <laughs> Like, the, the Ishii and, and Eddie Kingston's what I don't like. They, they're both standing there trading with no like no selling both. Like, that's what I don't like. I don't mind, like, when Gunther and Sheamus are hitting each other, they're actually selling it, and you can actually see there's damage there. With Ishii and Kingston, they're slapping each other, no selling, and it's just dumb. Yeah, no, I understand that. I, I, I can see no, why I love I love the Gunther-Sheamus match. love that Vinci's back with the, the yes, yeah, call yes, Imperium. Yes. So I love that. Um... Braun coming back on Raw was great. I know you hate him, but I loved it. I went nuts. So, I mean, I thought I thought it was a good week for WWE. I mean, they didn't get a lot of buzz just because of all the AEW drama, but I, I think it was a great week for them, and all the returns seemingly are hitting, and and I think SmackDown getting strong. It seems like I think Strowman's going to SmackDown, which I think they could use. I mean, they did get hit row, but I feel like they're kind of going to be like a mid-card team or – kind of in the middle, so getting Strowman just like as another single would be nice. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Braun Strowman back in WWE. We saw the report last week. We didn't talk about it here. It was the prediction show, but uh, no, it came to fruition that he came back on Raw as people expected, and it was very fucking random as far as how it happened. He came out in the middle of a tag team match. We don't know exactly why, but they probably did that just to make him look like a monster, and I mean, it, it seemed like a Vince move to me. I'm sure you didn't really care as much. But I just wasn't a fan of how it came at the expense of the tag team guys because it made them look like just jabronis, which I know a lot of them are. I get it. I wouldn't have done it that way. But you know what, dude? There's no denying how over Braun Strowman is. I mean, we've had this discussion before. I mean, he's not, to me, the most exciting guy in the world as far as being a performer. First of all, he fits WWE. Second, I can't really see him anywhere else, and that includes control your fucking narrative or whatever it is. He's a WWE guy. The second thing is... People love the guy. Before the pandemic happened, we haven't had fans in a while. Even at WrestleMania 36 or 7 it was when I was there in Tampa and he faced Shane in a steel cage match, which feels like an eternity ago. People were into Braun Strowman. Um, I am curious, though. You see him back, and I'm not saying he's a bad addition to the roster. I don't think he is because at least he's a big guy who can work. Because Omos is fucking awful. And I'm sorry, Commander Aziz is not much better. They're just not good. You need a big man who can work. We said that when he got fired a year and a half ago. But he's back now. He's probably going to SmackDown as a face, reportedly. What would you do with him? And where do you think he really fits into the current WWE landscape? Yeah, I, I really don't have any like immediate thoughts. I mean, I feel like maybe he's the one to take the belt off Gunther if you're going to push him towards the main event scene, which I wouldn't hate. I just think, like you said, people like him. He's a big guy that can work. And 
he's a lot better than Omos and uh, the commander Aziz. I mean, yeah, they dropped the ball on this guy a lot, but I mean, he's a big man that can work and everyone loves a big man. I mean, it just is what it is. Everyone likes the guy throwing people around and he's athletic for his size. So he's like the perfect mole for WWE, honestly. I just want to see him in like a big show Kane role, not to where he's turning face and heel every other week. But I think he can be in a role like that where he's not winning titles. Per- I know you could say you could see him beating Gunther. I don't want to see that personally. But I think you can put him in a role where he's, you know, feuding with the younger guys and feuding with people that are bigger, help putting them over, helping get... Like Big Show did for him. Big Show helped get Braun Strowman over and helped him improve in whatever five years ago. I want to see something similar with Braun in, in the up-and-coming people on the uh, WWE roster, where he doesn't have to hold a belt, um, but, you know, he can be on the show and contribute in a certain way and stuff like that. I don't think he has to be a main eventer is what I'm saying. I feel like we kind of got that with the Universal title right now, albeit with no fans, but I I don't really want to see, because he's had a million title shots over the course of his career, and he's lost every single one for the most part, and that's not his fault. It's just the booking is terrible, and that sour taste hasn't completely washed away, but I feel like that's a good role for him on the show in, like, the upper mid-card or so. I agree. So I agree. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, Mr. Marceau. I think we hit kind of all the notes as far as what's been going on in WWE and um, AEW. Was there anything else that happened on Raw that I'm missing? I think Braun came back, but that was like the biggest thing that happened on the show aside from the Steel Cage main event, which was good. But I thought the Dexter Luma shot was great, but there wasn't. Oh, the other thing I did want to mention too, Dominic Mysterio joining Judgment Day. Your thoughts on that? He turned heel, which I'm glad he did, and probably joining Judgment Day. I don't care a lot, but I guess it's an improvement. We haven't heard him talk yet. It's a better fit for him, I guess, than being a babyface, but I still say NXT is the way to go, but I, I don't know what's going on here with with him. I, I'm, I'm, I am mildly intrigued. I will give them that. Yeah, I mean, the whole Judgment Day to me, they lost again. I honestly just don't care about the group. Don't care at all? Not at all. They lose every time. They lose every big match. Why should I care? <laughs> Am I wrong? Like they should no, have you're won not on wrong. Sunday. The fact that they lost a clash just because they get a Dominic Mysterio turn, dumb. So wait, what? Why wouldn't they just have Dominic cost Edge and Ray the match though? If I Do- don't know. If Ray was gonna, if Ray was or Dominic was gonna turn anyway, why wouldn't Judgment Day just win? I honestly have no idea. I don't know. It makes no sense to me, but that was Raw in a nutshell. That was Clash in the Castle in a nutshell. AEW in a nutshell. I think we hit pretty much everything, Mister Marceau, in the span of an hour. Yeah, I think we did good. I think we did good. We'll have a lot more to discuss next week. I look forward to it. Hopefully it's a lot less chaotic of a week in the world of wrestling and we can just kind of uh, review Raw and go back to normal because I'm, I'm tired of all the drama. I just want to go back to having a regular week with you talking about whatever. Sounds good. Sounds good, Mr. Marceau. Have a great rest of the week, brother, and I'll talk to you next Thursday. See you later. Adios, Mr. Marceau. Be sure to check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursdays. And usually I do put up an interview prior to the conversation here on the show between myself and Mr. Marceau. I was going to air the interview I did with Drew McIntyre two weeks ago in Springfield. Not this week, just because there was a lot to get to on the AEW front and all the drama going on backstage. But I'll probably air that interview next week in the article uh, surrounding Drew went up last week on Bleach Report, and we're doing another interview with, not another interview, but some of the quotes from the interview are also being used for a house show feature on Bleach Report, dropping tomorrow on Bleach Report, um, involving Riddle, in addition to McIntyre, Riddle, Theory, Matt Riddle, Austin Theory, that is Kofi Kingston, 
And um, yeah, just kind of covering the house shows from WWE. So be sure to check that out going up tomorrow on Bleach Report. That's Friday. And we'll air that Drew interview next week. And maybe some of the other ones. The interviews I did with uh, Kofi and Riddle were also a lot of fun. So I'll probably put those up here on the show in the weeks to come. Have a great one, guys. I'm Grand Gia Matthews, and we'll catch your ass down the road.